Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. So uh, happy solstice in advance, because this is going to be our last episode for the year. Um, I am really glad we're doing it a couple weeks before solstice so that it can hopefully offer everyone some time to reflect and kind of absorb our take on solstice and maybe incorporate it with how you frame it if you do it all already or create some traditions for yourself as well. Um, so how is everyone feeling this uh, with this solstice approaching? I'm actually looking forward to it. I am in a better place than I have been for years, literally years, uh, with this solstice approaching. And I think part of it is because I am purposely um, ignoring all of the, the social stuff that goes on, all of the, the hoopla-la and, you know, going to the parties and even, even the music. I'm not listening to music. I've only watched one um, holiday show. and. You know, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm really having a good time digging into my cave, so to speak, and um, getting ready for the rebirth of the light coming. That's yeah, I love... Good. Go ahead, Kelly. I like the way that sounds. Yeah, I like... Um, it's interesting to watch uh, the af- absolute, like, opposite effect of what this time of year is about where we're watching the night get longer until it's the longest night. And then, you know, the days get shorter until we have that shortest day. And then solstice is when we watch the light come back into the day. And there's this whole process for me about cocooning in, or like, I like the imagery you use Janet around the cave and uh, nobody else is going into a cave this time of year, at least culturally or, you know, like, the masses it's like the the shopping gets busier the pressure amps up and we're just become like this pressure cooker of expectation that isn't intended i find it really interesting here in my area on my little mountain um there is one house that is definitely a clark griswold house and because i'm in a on a mountain it's like so shining bright (laughs) But if I turn, you know, just 90 degrees, I see the dark again. And I love that analogy. If I can look this way and see the light, I can turn this way and be in total darkness. I love that symbolism there that you can kind of choose because there's, you know, not everything about our cultural observances of season are, you know, totally off or anything. You can enjoy um, I enjoy some of the secular parts of Yule or that, you know, Yule is the secular portion of all of this you know December 25th stuff and I enjoy some of it but I also you know I remember to turn away from the Griswold house and remember that we're hunkering down for the cold months and um, that in the absence of anything outside of me being well lit for a you know the typical portion of the day I can look inward instead Solstice for me is definitely about observing the quiet aspects. And it's really hard to do that when everybody around me is just spinning. 
but for me, it's very much about that that thirteenth month in the calendar or the moon calendar that occurs outside our sort of Gregorian sense of time space, and um, sort of facilitating whatever it needs, like whatever it's telling me I need to wrap up from the end of the year at Samhain and whatever I need to be prepared to bring into the year at Yule, at Solstice. I like that. I And I know the three of us have been talking recently about that other observance of the year in terms of the 13 moon months or lunar months or whatever you, whatever you call it. Words are hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> And how I think each of us do deeply resonate with that. And solstice is more based around that turning of the year. I like it. I mean, it, I, I like this this feeling of there being this time space that's intentionally outside the norm that is house cleaning or, you know, whatever you need it to be. It doesn't have to be house cleaning, but this this space that's intended to be you know, what you need it to be to wrap things up and be prepared for when it begins again. It's not like you just go from the ending straight to the beginning. There is sort of this gap space that you get to um, plan and chill. Yeah. Kelly, do you think people can find that gap space scary, though, because it's like they don't have anything definite to do except what that they need to do? Yeah, I think that's why we fill it culturally. I think that's why we speed up rather than slow down this time of year. We don't know what to do with stillness. Totally. I, and it's funny. I'm so I'm doing a solstice oriented um, pop up Facebook group this time of year. And I was just talking to someone who's in that group. Shout out to Stephanie. And she was um, interviewing, she was sort of doing an interview with me of like something she'd like to do in the future and picking my brain and talked about it. And um, she referenced toward the end of the call, um, doing a handful more of these before the end of the year. And then I don't remember what she said after that, but I was like, what if you were to wait until after yeah. the holiday season? <laughs> like, to try to generate four or five more of these. And um, she just got this look on her face like, uh-huh, I see what you're doing. Like, I see wow. what you're saying. Because, like, yeah, we, you know, I've just been talking in that group and in general about how this is, like, the slowdown period. Like, let right. it slow down. Let it be quiet. Let us take a moment to recognize there's so much to recognize here, right? Around like the seasonal change, but also like we're so um, fortunate to be able to survive this season so much more easily than we once did. Like this used to be a really harsh time of year to be human and not covered in fur and like still figuring out shelters and fire and, and yeah, um, at least in this region this region where we have these, you know, the four seasons, but, and now like we get to go shopping, we get to sit inside with heat. And I mean, there's just so much, there's so much room and so many directions from which to slow down and realize where you are in like all the ways that you are somewhere. 
Well, if you think about it, the idea that we're supposed to keep busy is very patriarchal. It's very much about catching the sale. And if you're, um, you know, a person who provides services or provides some sort of product this time of year, you're heavily encouraged to advertise even more. So it's like, no matter which end of it, it the, the currency component of the season just ramps up in a ridiculously stressful way. And the whole thing is, is very dominating. It's very patriarchal in that if you don't do it, you're left out. Right. And there's so much expectation to be of use, whether you're consuming, you know, boosting the economy. It is very patriarchal or, or being of use to the consumers. Like what are, what are you offering? What sales are you, what sales are you having? What are you, you know? And in some ways, like I, you know, I'm playing into that by offering something this time of year, but it's literally the anti to all of that of like, sit down, shut up, look inside, observe outwardly what's happening this time of year and find some ways to step out of the automated cycle of it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth, Kelly. I think it's really, really good idea. I'm glad that you're doing it and I'm glad that you're, um, I'm glad that your people are responsive to it. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's going really well. And it's it's interesting how the questions that are coming up around, like, just sort of organically around what do you want to know more about, are about things that are internal, like um, working with intuition, just, you know, exploring divination, which is, you know, uses an external system, but engages your intuition and a lot of internal knowing in the process. And the fact that those questions are coming up this time of year is so timely. It, I mean, because this is the time of year where I am engaging in that way, either in terms of like divinatory practices or, you know, nature-based ritual, but also a lot of people are very creative this time of year as well. And that comes from an inward space also. Very much so. And I think sometimes our creativity gets lost in the consumerism of that. We have to knit another scarf for a present, or we have to do this Mm -hmm. instead of from the actual act of creation. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking along the same line, Janet, that, in all of the noise and sensory components of the holiday season, it's easy to lose your center of self. And so already having a relationship to an oracle for divinatory purposes, that, that's why you do it. it. I mean, a lot of people ask me from a shamanic standpoint, what does divination have to do with anything shamanic? And I'm like, well, because you're not always on. you're not always going to be in the center of things and you need to have relationships in place not just with oracles and guides and ancestors but you know these different touchstones that are already there and in place for when you're not necessarily in the center and you do need to still have insight and input I think that's the thing, though. We're all expected to be at the center all the time. We're expected to be Mm -hmm. on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I get tired of thinking that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Janet, did you read the winter solstice reading from the Wee Moon calendar for this year? I haven't yet. No. Okay. I thought I would read it 
Do you two mind if I read the, that page? I would love for you to. Okay. So it's um, written by Sherry Rose Walker. Um, and it's, it, this is from the 2018 We Moon calendar. It's We Apostrophe Moon. Uh, comes out every year. It's very like lunar-based, um, femme-friendly um, agenda, or you can just use it as a reference throughout the year. Um, so it says, at the top, Winter Moon spreads her silvery cloak over dreaming stillness. And then the full reading, still point, still point of the dancing year, this conjunction of the longest night and the shortest day calls us to remember the light hidden in the darkness. In all traditions, people gathered at this time of year to invoke light and warmth to restore the world to life. Beseeching bonfires called to the lights in the sky, singing, dancing, special food and drink warmed and strengthened the heart. In many traditions, a place was left empty at the table for the uninvited guest. Strangers who might be holy ones in disguise were welcomed in. When dancing is done, leaving us warm with the memory of connection and community, we may draw the cloak of stillness around us to rest, dream, imagine things that have never been. We slow to the pace of stones, muse through winter nights, store our energies as do bulbs. The darkness around us is deep, has never been fathomed, but we blow on the coal of our hearts, making us golden rooms. Keep vigil, watch, uh, keep vigil, watch and wait for the return of the undying light. And I love that, um, that phrasing, we slow to the pace of stones and muse through winter nights, store our energy. And that in that darkness, there's something there that we have not yet fathomed, and we have to slow down to find it. I'm glad you read that, Brandy, because when I, if I were to read it, when I read it, I would just be reading it, but I needed to hear it so I could listen to it so that I could take it in. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I always love the narrative of the uninvited guest. I think it's possibly one of my favorite archetypes in storytelling and it's so appropriate to the season mm -hmm. yeah and the other thing you know because I'm, I'm thinking a lot about solstice ahead of time and a lot about yule ahead of time and um part of it is that i am doing this group and i'm i am trying to do the work of guiding other people through this process so it's it's become more intentional for me, even more so it's, it's kind of, it's made me really grateful I'm doing it because I am more engaged ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I've been reading um, in preparation for it is your chapter in um, Runic Book of Days for Yira and Yule, the, yeah. what is it, six, chapter 16 or section 16, I'm um, and I wondered if you want to talk a little bit about this time of year and is it Yira? That's how you say it, right? Yes, it's Yira. Um, well, which is, yeah, just if you want to speak to like what that means for this time of year, because I think it's really useful and really valuable, whether you know the runes well or not. Well, and I talked about this yesterday in, in What in the Weird, the podcast um, that I do, and what I've been doing for the last about six months is a progression from um, summer solstice through all of the half month runes back, you know, all the way through the year. And 
what's happening right now is this progression from super hyper distilled assessment of your needs through the winter runes, which for the last like month and a half, that's been the progression of Hagalaz, Nautis, and Isa. And it and as to this really fine point of understanding or or at least making the effort to understand what your needs are and the boundaries that you need to set around them. And when you have that information, like anytime you come through that super intense awareness of, of who you are, what you need, and the lines that you need to draw or redraw through life to meet your needs, you kind of have to begin to be this externalized person. So there's this transition through those winter runes of this deeply internal process into this more externalized process of Yara, which is an assessment of, you know, how do I do this? What what is working? What what have I been doing up to this point to get myself taken care of that's working? What isn't working? What is ridiculous and I don't know why I keep doing it? You know, what skills do I need that I don't have up to this point to be able to look after myself? Those are the kinds of questions that Yara raises. And one of the things that I said yesterday is that, you know, Yara is like the day planner of the the personal self. It it there's a rune that means day and it's not Yara. Yara means year, but Yara is that kind of fine sifting of how am I going to make plans and how am I going to follow through with them? And do I have the skills to follow through with them? And that's where things like the work that you're doing with soulful focus really help people to understand that process and act on it. Yeah. I I feel like this section of your book, like it so perfectly aligns with what I associate with this time of year. So it felt like it felt really deeply validating to read it because um, I'm not reading the whole book, you know, at once I'm trying to read it through the year Yeah. And to get to this part and say, this is what I do. This is, this is my end of year ritual. And I think you even say, you know, Yira is the rune of inventory or hearth accounting. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I use this time of year for. And, you know, you talk a little bit, is it okay if I read a little bit from your book? Sure. Um, so for the Yule initiation, it says to begin this initiation, take time to realize your resources, your dream team support network, your skills. Bear in mind that this isn't a wish list. It isn't the support you wish you had, but that which is readily evident and available to you. And these questions. So it says, who supports your dreams? Who fosters your skills? Who brings you up when you feel down? Who helps care for your body, your mind, your soul? How best do you learn? In what location do you feel most connect- connected? What comforts you? What encourages you? What do you do best? What life areas need attention? And the thing is, like, this rune feels like to me, it's the, it doesn't, it doesn't then direct you, direct you to go do something about it yet. Right. So exactly. It's the, right. It's the inventory. And so for me, then looking ahead at, you know, December 28th, when Awas, did I say that right? Awas, yeah, Awas. Yeah, Um, when that begins, you know, in the heading is navigating your personal path. It's like, that's where I start to think about the actual roadmap. Like, you know, I, I, for me, there's like the planner, 
but you have to think first about what you want to be in it and what you have to put in it. And then navigating the actual path is, is the writing of the, the plan. So for me, and that's exactly how I framed the group that I'm doing is like, please don't jump into resolutions and 10 year roadmaps. Think about what you have in front of you to create a map. And just sit with that until after the solstice. And then we'll talk about, you know, I'm going to talk throughout about what I use, how I use it, why I use it. Just digest some of the things about who you are and what you have available to you. And then we step into the intention. And I think it's important to remember that our support system is not just the humans in our lives, but it's beyond Mm -hmm. the humans. So if you have animals in your life, Mm -hmm. um, when you're connecting with nature, um, even when you're taking a shower, there is a connection there that can be supportive and helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those resources can come from, I mean, there are so many different ways to to identify resources. Um, And for me, the, the actual day of solstice or within that day or two, is about honoring the realization of what you have in front of you, discarding what you don't need. Uh, Like you said, Kelly, like what is, what in your life is ridiculous and you don't need to have it on your plate or, you know, you said it better than that, but like, what do you need to, to discard? What do you want to gather up intentionally with, with gratitude and awareness? Um, And solstice is about, for me, I, I do a ritual that intentionally discards the, you know, the unneeded, I have people write it down, burn it up. Um, And this year, we're going to then mix it with soil and plant something and have that plant represent the thing that we're taking forward with intention. And tending it will be part of tending that intentional path. And I, I think the ritual of that can be really, really deeply grounding. What do you two do for for your actual observance or sort of ritual around solstice? For me, it's purely family-based at this point. Um, I like to be aware of the solstice hour for where I am. And I can't remember when it is. I looked it up and I don't remember. But mostly it's trying to pull my family together, who at this point, you know, two of them are young people that I I want them to feel this. (laughs) Like I can't make them. But, but I want it to be significant to them at a personal spiritual level as much as the whole, like, you know, presence and all that crap are. And that's a hard sell, to be honest. So that, that's what's on my plate for Solstice for Yule at this point is creating people who have an awareness of the season and reminding them why the season is happening from an ancestral looking back perspective from a here we are standing in you know the privilege and and lives that we have now perspective and how do we carry it forward how do we remember this as we grow up and go into lives that are going to try to pull us away from this mm-hmm. i love that and i for me the family part of it is a whole thing too like i would like to do you know, candles, dinner, and solstice, by the way, actually happens at 522 Eastern Standard this year. So it's actually perfect for me to have like a dinner observance with family. Yeah, that's what we do with the candlelight and, you know, the three pieces Mm -hmm. of crystal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What about you, Janet? I'm going to be um, purposely and conscientiously uh, building an altar to honor my ancestors who came before. Very nice. Yeah, and to bring them into the solstice celebration. I've never done that before. So it's taking some planning on my part. It's taking some sitting down and saying, okay, guys, you know, what do you want here? Let's talk, Um, which is really interesting because it's, you know, different generations, different thoughts, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun trying to hone all of this out and come up with something that works for everyone. That's the intent anyway. I like that. And given how much you've been working on, you know, understanding your ancestral lines, um, I think that's a really meaningful way to take some time to intentionally look at your resources because those are newly dis- newly explored ones for you, right? Right, right. And so it's going yeah. to be a closure in one sense, but also an opening in another sense. Yeah, I love that. It's a good time of year, you know, because um, I, I also have a little one that like we can't necessarily have these exact conversations. And I've been thinking about how to frame um, a way for her to take stock that makes sense because she doesn't know what a year is really or. Um, but and I've been thinking about because she's four and she's actually turning five in March. So this is, you know, it's the last quarter of her year of being four. And. I'm planning to have a conversation with her about what it was like to be four years old, like to, to try and frame it around her age as a, as a touchstone. Like when you were three, this is what it was like. And when you were four, what is it, what has it been like now? And the things you can do now that you couldn't do last year. And um, what are the things you want to learn to do when you are five? Um, Since her, since her age is, you know, sort of close to, Um, because it's early March it's sort of in that vein of of observing the year at least until she can actually observe the year itself that sounds wonderful does that make sense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what a grounding for her it's interesting to see that she understands that we use a different word this year last year it was a constant reorienting of yule and solstice and the tree was a Yule tree or a solstice tree and that we celebrate the light and the winter and, um, you know, we appreciate Santa cause he's fun. Um, we don't really frame it as Santa bringing all of the gifts. Um, but he leaves a gift, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and last year I feel like it was a lot of staging, it was a lot of like, here's what this is. Here's what this is. Here's some reorienting. This is, and just being very, very intentional about language. And then this year she's floating around between the terms, but she understands that we do something different. And that feels yeah. like a big shift, um, even for me to get to witness for her. Right. Which I appreciate. This year, my kids have been a lot more sensitive to the fact that we do it differently and that the way we do it is disrespected by our greater community. So there's, there's been a lot of sort of honoring the fact that one, that is true. And two, they have a right to feel annoyed by that fact. But three, it doesn't have to get in the way of the fact that they can honor it the way they want to. Yeah. Yep. That's big. And I think it says something to 
for me, it says a lot that that's how your kids feel this time of year, which, you know, it isn't great that they understand that their practice is disrespected or not honored to in the way that it, you know, deserves to be, but also that they don't actually resent your way of observing and just want to do it the way everyone else wants to do it. That says something to how you framed it for them, because I could see kids their age just wanting to be like other kids and just wanting to do what everyone else does. And why do we have to do something different? And the fact that they don't feel that way, I think is a really big deal. I agree with that. I'm proud of them. Um, I'm, you know, I hold it loosely in terms of where it will go as they get older and drift more toward peer pressure. But, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of candles and ancestors, hearth accounting, wait to make plans. Like, really, I mean, if I could give listeners anything, it would just be to really... Um, take some time to allow things to be still and quiet, even if it's just a portion of a day. Um, I understand, like, we all have to adhere to this cultural time of year in some way. You know, we're, we're all stepping into it in some way and navigating it to some degree, but to make space for quiet. Um, and if you're listening to this a couple days before, um, or if you're listening to this, you know, in the next few days, um, the sign up closes on the 15th, the end of the day on the 15th, this Saturday for the thing that I'm doing, this, the uh, soulfully in season winter solstice pop-up. So if you go to soulfulfocus.com, um, you can still sign up this week to, to hop in for the last three weeks of it. You won't miss much. You'll have access to all the prior content and everything. Um, if you need a space to be witnessed in doing something a little different and a little slower and a little quieter. And I don't think enough can be said about having a space where you can be witnessed. I think that's forgotten in our society. Right. And I am going to be hosting a winter solstice um, observance within that group on solstice um, a little later than, you know, I'll do my dinner thing with family and there will be something that evening live um, on Zoom. So if you need a split, if you need that space. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because I solstice is my favorite of the year. It's my, it's just my favorite. I love it. Um, I, I, and maybe it's because I'm someone who likes to really think about things and I like to go inward and, you know, really, I like to do the inventory and I like to do the planning. So it's, you know, maybe I'm just like very attuned to solstice energy, but I love this time of year, at least for what, I love about it. Makes perfect sense. So, and in, um, I guess, sort of in the spirit of solstice, we are going quiet for the rest of the month to allow for our own reflection and kind of an accounting for the podcast and where we're going to go with it next. And we'll be back. Um, But we're going to be taking a rest for the next few weeks as well. So, we will see you in, what are we going to call it, season two? Sounds good. That's a so go. Have, have a blessed solstice, a wonderful Yule, a wonderful holiday, whatever your holiday is and whatever is important to you this time of year. And I love both you ladies. It's a good time of year to say it. 
Love both of you too. You two are like the ornaments in my life. I just got to say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm thinking of all those questions in Kelly's part of um in that part of the book of Kelly's book and I'm just like you two are uh two of my immediate resources that come to mind whenever. Yeah. I take account of my resources. Yeah. Almost like 24/7. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you listeners. We have a bunch these days and I'm really, really grateful for that too. Makes it really worth having these discussions over somewhat spotty technology sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So love all of you too. And um, we will see you in the new year. Thank you. Take good care, everyone. See you next year. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.